Hello, everyone. Welcome back to The Delivered Zoomer with Silas and Katya. I'm here recording from Germany right now. I'm visiting my family seven hours ahead. So this is a um, past midnight episode for me. Um, it's quite a bit earlier for Silas. Really fun episode today. We dove into uh, patience in your career and the fear of failure. We also, actually, I coughed and forgot to turn off my volume at one point as well. I will be cutting that out. And we also talked about our books, our weekly wins. And then we kind of just had some fun conversation at the end and wrapped it there. I hope you enjoy. Thanks for listening. Okay, I will say, honestly, I kind of want to like kick myself for saying this, but it is weird speaking English because all I've been speaking is German for the last, I don't know, like four days, other than like my call yesterday or my few calls yesterday. So it is kind of weird having a full-on conversation in English, but let's go. Yeah, ich kann nicht Deutsch sprechen sehr gut. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, um, did we have a show last week? Wait, no, what, we, what happened? We, we didn't have a show last week because I had to cancel last minute because long story short, my grandma is not doing very well and I am now in Germany. So I was traveling last week and um so i we just didn't have time for a show and it was it was a good break though it, it gave us i was also on vacation so yeah. i i needed a break too but um all right cool let's get into it um i don't have a ton of things to talk about the only thing i'm going to talk about is literally i don't know it's stealing topics from from mfm again but there was something interesting mentioned on one of these shows that they talked about which was they, they didn't really dive deep into it so that's not necessarily stealing entirely it's just kind of borrowing is this idea of in your career when you're learning something or trying to kind of climb up the ladder of of success if you will or maybe recognition is a better word in a particular um in a particular type of field the speed of which you go from zero and baby in terms of skill set to master that speed matters so if you go too quickly, you can get to a point where you have recognition and things like that, where you might actually burn out too quickly. You you might you might get to a point where all of the, the I don't know if you want to like use the term of, of, of sports, like all the scouts are there watching then, but you're not quite ready, right? And then they might overlook you and you might kind of get kind of under the rug for the next thing. Um, so it just made me think a little bit, a little bit about for me personally, my lack of patience for trying to quote unquote climb up, climb the ladder and get to a point of, of success. And just made me think a little bit about slowing down and realizing that there is certain things that it is really good for you to take the time, right? The experience is irreplaceable. You can't replace it by tenacity necessarily. You can't replace it by stubbornness like there's certain things that you just need experience for and i think it's important to talk about that as young professionals because i think it's something that we tend to overlook so that's kind of my that's my topic yeah i think it all plays into an instant gratification mindset and i know we talk about that and the correlation between instant gratification and gen z a lot on here and i think what gen z wants is we want to grow really quickly but oftentimes it takes a long time to become wise and to become truly educated in the field that you want to become a leader in. And so like, I, I think that it, it definitely is about 
realizing when you have the knowledge you need to have in order to be a good leader. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think in particular, there's, to me, it's a difficult line to walk because there's, there's a certain extent where you have to, you can't just be like, oh, I'm not ready yet. I'm not ready. I'm not going to do it. Because if you think that you're never going to be ready. But I also think that there's just, there should be some kind of mechanism that people put into their life, whether that's on a weekly, probably more likely on a monthly basis, where you just kind of check yourself be like, oh, is this right? Like, should I be doing that? Should I maybe step back and ask, hey, what don't I know? What am I not looking to? I think perhaps a, a good measurement would be for everybody. If you're thinking about taking a new job or anything that's kind of like a big life decision, just maybe go to somebody who knows something about that and be like, hey, um, what do you know about this situation? What would you do differently when you were in this situation when you were growing up or whatnot? And just like ask for an outside opinion, because I think there's a very good tendency of young, a very common tendency of young people generally to just overlook that stuff and be like, yeah, no, I, I know everything just mm -hmm. because they didn't think of a contingency. They assume they know everything. Whereas we don't think of contingencies typically because we don't have experience. So actually, I, I like that you brought that up because I completely forgot about this um, about a week and a half ago. I met up with one of my mentors and I've been really at like a crossroad with my job and I thought that I like knew all the paths that were open, but he completely changed my perspective and my point of view. And I think that that's the beauty of having mentors who are years older than you and like really have the knowledge and wisdom you seek. But I actually have a question to throw at you, Silas. How do you know when you are ready to take a risk to like jump off the deep end like how do you know when you're ready for that even if you don't have all the information you need I don't think you ever know when you're ready per se but I do think that there's a certain level of once you get to a certain point you know yourself to say hey like there is obviously some gaps here and I think you have to still make the decision to, to make that leap but the for me personally the way I like to do it is I like to talk to people and understand what are their perspectives on the things that I'm not considering and once I have that, then I kind of make the 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 leap knowing the quote unquote gaps, because it's it's going from not knowing what you don't know to knowing what you don't know, at least through having a few other people's perspective. You, you're never going to know everything, like no matter how many people you talk to, there's always going to be like, quote, there's going to be a gap that you don't know. But at least hearing from another person's perspective, maybe one or two really trusted kind of mentors or advisors, and then deciding based off of what is your motive? Like, what do you ultimately want your life to be? And does this get you closer to that? And then you have to ask yourself also at some point, like, am I afraid to make that change because I prefer the stability of my current job? Or, you know, if you're talking in terms of starting a company or launching a career, launching something else on your own, you know, do I like the stability of my own job more than I do um, the fear of, of potentially failing? And then just coming to that reasonable determination with, hey, you know, this is a risk I can afford to take, so I'm going to. I don't think that there is a wrong or a right answer, though, in mo most of those situations. It's really just about like, hey, this is what I'm just going to decide to do, because especially for young people, you got to remember, ultimately, if you decide, hey, I'm going to go try this thing out, this new thing out for a year, I'm going to give everything I have for a year, I've got enough savings to do it or whatever, and it doesn't work out. That's okay. But you have to ask yourself, you know, in those situations, if I don't do that, will I regret not trying? 
So the, I don't know. It's really not, there's no, there's no silver bullet for the answer to be honest. Yeah, no. And, and I feel like I was kind of giving you like a question that I knew didn't have an exact answer. Uh, here's something kind of cool. So I did uh, Taekwondo when I was younger and um, I, I think that's like a form of karate and yes, it is a form of karate. And um, my youngest brother is now in Taekwondo as well. And I went to go watch him at one of his tournaments and I ran into my old instructor and I haven't seen this guy in years and I was talking with him and I guess honestly I don't even know the rules of taekwondo or if this is like karate in general but there's like I think the highest degree you can be is like either ninth or tenth degree I think it's ninth degree and like to get that you have to be like it pretty much has to be your entire like your whole life you have to have spent in karate um and this guy was telling me that I'd asked him what degree he's at. He said that he had the chance to become ninth degree, but he turned it down. And he said that he had, he decided a long time ago that he wanted to, I think he wanted to be the degree below it. He needed to be that for at least 10 years, I think he said. And like, I walked away from that conversation and I was like, I respect that he stuck to that. But he also had this like great opportunity probably years before his peers will and didn't take like didn't take um, the promotion. So I I do toy with that conversation in my mind all the time, just kind of like wondering what was the driving force that made you make that decision? I don't know. I mean, for that specific situation, I think it's difficult because it's a person's preference. There could be a lot of reasons why they would do that. But I would just say it goes back to like, there isn't, it's not really wrong one way or the next, right? If you, as long as you decide what you're going to stick to, you just got to own that, that path and go with that path, right? Mm -hmm. If you decide that your goal is to push the boundaries a lot, just do it knowing that you're going to break something at some point, right? And just be okay with the consequences. Alternatively, you can stick around at one place for a very long time and develop a certain level of loyalty and understanding of an organization, for example, like if we're talking about career and you might become a super, super expert in that space. Sometimes to become that very distinguished expert takes 10, 15 years, right? That's why you have these people who have, you know, just dedicated their entire life to the study of one particular topic. I could never do that. I would get too bored because I don't care to go that deep into something. But knowing your strengths and knowing what you care about, I think is important um, because you can determine whether or not you want to push the boundaries or whether or not you you want to just kind of ride it out. It's up to you to some extent. I just do encourage people to not be too to, to not be too cautious or yeah, to not be too cautious because a lot of people, I think over I, I feel the like majority of people is a, is a better word to use in this situation. No, I really think the word like being too cautious is not great because if you are super cautious, like, oh, well, there's these four things that could go wrong. The reality is you're only thinking of four things. There's a bazillion things that could go wrong at any time. It's just that you're only thinking of four. So the reality is always that anything could go wrong. A lot of things could go wrong, but you should focus on like, is that thing you're trying to achieve? good for your long-term goals and will it press you because I think a lot of people just do not push themselves to to be at another level a lot of people are just kind of like they they don't um they have that fear of failure 
mm-hmm. which I think that it would be good for a lot of people to get over because there's so many cool things that people can achieve when they, when they quote unquote fail, because it's really just learning. I'd actually love to dive into this um, fear of failure thing, because I, I believe I have a fear of failure. Um, or, no, you want to know what I have a like huge fear of failure. I will say, um, I don't know. I think to some degree it does play into the choices I make and I'm afraid to become the more successful I get, the more I have to lose. And I feel that fear always like in the back of my mind. And I know a lot of people who are just like held back by the feel the fear of failure as well. How would you get over something like that in your opinion? Can you give me an example of what specifically like is something you're afraid of? I think, um, I honestly think it's like the big pic- the big picture overall. Like I create something amazing and then I lose something amazing instead of I create something mediocre and I only lose something mediocre. I think I have that principle in the back of my head and, um, or not principle, I have that mindset in the back of my head and it's something I have to check almost every single day. So I'm, um, because it's something that I forget about and then I do subconsciously I'm sure it's something that lies in my childhood that (laughs) causes me to do that but um I I mean the thing I would say is if you are you know debating on I don't know trying something new or doing something the idea generally speaking of fear of failure is that we have an aversion to loss more strongly than we do for gaining something and you should probably spend some time thinking about the times that you had a quote unquote failure in the past, but then recognize what you actually learned from that. Because usually no matter the age, there's, there's going to be some things that you can look back on and be like, wow, I messed up there, but I actually learned a lot from it. And here's what I've learned. And then just, first of all, recognize that, recognize the fact that failure doesn't necessarily, doesn't really mean it's not as negative as people make it out to be. And then you should also spend some time thinking about the the difference between failure and disapproval of others. Like when I started kind of my journey, once I began joined Praxis and started like trying to build something, I didn't know what it was. I was just kind of doing activity, posting on Snapchat a lot, you know, trying to be an influencer. I was doing all these kind of things with a kind of randomness in, in a large extent. So when you start kind of going down this journey, you you're going to just need to remember that there is a difference between kind of, uh, sorry, I'm going to restart. So the second thing again, is just recognizing that the, a lot of the fear of failure is really just fear of disapproval of others. And as I noted, you know, when I started this journey of trying to build something, I didn't know what it was in particular that I was building. I was just kind of like doing activity and eventually it got to a point where I learned a lot of things, but there's also a lot of the stuff I did in that time that did have kind of minor benefits or made me certain connections along the way that actually helped me out a lot. And if I was just too afraid of what you guys or my other friends at St. Mary's would have, would have thought I would have never done it, but I literally just posted it. And I didn't care. I like Snapchat. Cause it was like, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be perfect. It never was about kind of that aesthetic that Instagram has. So I would just do it and it did have benefits to it. So you just separate out those two things. Like a, failure isn't actually that bad because and you can actually look at it in a positive way like i actually learned a lot from the failure so recognizing your past learning and then the second thing is focusing on the fact that hey i'm probably not actually afraid of failure as much as i am afraid of disapproval of others and then just throw that out the window because it doesn't matter 
actually, I love that you brought in the disapproval of others because I think that that's something I see so often is people are greatly in need of affirmation from others, like especially people they look up to. And I absolutely fall into that category. I only recently realized within the past year and a half that I just crave affirmation. Like if I have respect for you, I want you to affirm me. And I realized like that is a really bad trait. So it's something that I've been like kind of putting in check. And it's actually something that's helped me learn a lot about myself. And like, that's when I got more comfortable on social media as well. Like I'm out here doing things that I think are cool. Like I don't need you to affirm me. I don't need to be afraid that you're going to judge me for what I put out. Like I'm going to put it out. I'm going to, you know, blog, I'm going to podcast. I'm going to do all that stuff. And I think that really plays very heavily into number one, a need for affirmation. And you might be afraid that you will not get affirmed if you put that out. And then also simply the opinions of others. Um, And yeah, those are huge. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's in particular, if you're going to build publicly in social media or anything like that, you just have to remember that you can't worry about it. Because the, the, the truth is that especially if you reach a level of success, everybody talks about it. If you reach any level of success where you have a lot of people who like you and follow you and and kind of celebrate you, you're going to have a certain percentage of people that absolutely hate you even more, like vehemently are negative towards you. So if that's the route you're going, you better get used to the negative, the potential for negative, because the more more famous you get, the more negative you're going to have. Anything else on that topic or should we move on to something else? Yeah, I, I say we move on. Okay, cool. Let's do books of the week. So uh, last week, I should finish it this week. I read a book called or listened to a book called The Hacker's Mind, I think is what it's called, technically. Um, I gotta, I'll get the, the title here. But the, the premise of the book is going through this idea of what, what does a hacker think and a hacker in the terms of like somebody who just doesn't necessarily believe that the rules apply to them or they'll they'll kind of go around the rules in some way. So that could be positive or negative, right? It could be people like the founders of big companies like Airbnb or Uber or or Jeff Bezos with Amazon, all these types of people. It's called A Hacker's Mind by Bruce Schneier. There's no D in there. I was expecting to be a Schneider. Uh, Schneier. Um, And so there's positive people doing that, kind of like breaking the rules of what's, what's the norm to create innovation. But there's also people pushing the boundaries in the negative way and hacking things in a bad way, right? There's people who kind of abuse reward systems on airlines, which then ends up costing other passengers more things. So he, he gave these examples kind of on both sides of the coin. It was a very interesting book, I would say. I, I do think there's a lot of um, fascinating things about the book. The ultimate point he was trying to make was mainly he brought it to the end of at the end of the book around AI and how we need controls. And we need to kind of be cautious of the fact that AI has no judgment. And this is something that's actually been a recurring theme of what I've heard. AI doesn't have a judgment. AI is very ruthless. And so his warning was mainly to just try to do things to to kind of slow it down and to find ways to regulate it and somehow prevent it and put some kind of mechanisms around it. But um, pretty, pretty interesting book, I will say. Um, I did sleep through some of it because I was on the plane. I was like, there's parts where I was like, dozing off but overall there's just a lot of really interesting examples in the book so it's you know it's not like you have to catch everything every single word 
I purposely picked a very uh, simple, shorter read this week. And honestly, I have not even finished it, but I have an excuse. I'm spending time with my grandma who I've not seen in three years. So um, I feel like that is a good excuse, but it's called, uh, I think it's called The Purple Cow by Seth Godin. It's a marketing book. It's just kind of um, very simple, back to basic principles of like doing your best in marketing to like stand out and to be different, but making it work. And um, it's just kind of a back to basics book. I like to go back to these books from time to time. I haven't read this one before, but I do like to go back to basics from time to time simply to reinstill like really basic principles in my mind. And I think that's really important for everyone. So uh, that's The Purple Cow or something like that by Seth Godin. <laughs> nice. Wins of the week for me is um, had some time off, was in Wisconsin for a few days, got to hang out with family, play a ton of board games. I got a new three-wheeler, but it came broken. <laughs> so <laughs> for those unaware, I have a bit of an obsession, not really obsession, like slightly compared to some people, it's definitely not, not an obsession, but I'm a really big fan of 1980s three-wheelers especially the 350X. So I have, I have one and I got another one that was finally delivered this week. And I was super disappointed because I thought it was like totally rebuilt, but there's a couple of parts missing. I was like, it, it does still run and everything, but I was like really disappointed and super annoyed because these things have, if you're going to find parts for them that are genuine Honda, it means you have to spend weeks, sometimes weeks scouring eBay to find the part. So that's what I'm going to be doing in my spare time for the next couple weeks to get that thing up and running but that's a big win that's awesome I'd say my win I don't know if this counts like I feel like in technicality it counts but in principle it does not I went to Asia for the first time in my life I was in Istanbul but I was just in the airport so like I said yes that is true I was in Asia but in principle I was just only in the airport so I don't know if I can count it um in other news I found this like pit of pictures in um my grandma's house it's like a drawer full of pictures from like the 1920s and stuff like that it's an it's absolutely amazing but I found a Polaroid camera yeah well I don't I don't even think it was a Polaroid it was a camera from the 20s in absolutely pristine condition um and all I need to do is like get film and then I'm going to play with that bad boy so much. So I'm, I'm really excited about that. I would say that's my win as well. And then obviously spending time with my family. Um, so yeah, it's been a good week. I definitely count airports as location. You were there. Yeah, maybe I, you didn't get to that, see it, but I counted that I was in the Philippines, even though I was only in the airport. I got to see what the Philippines was like. Uh, see, that's why I said like, technically yes like I was on Asian soil but I was not like I didn't get to see the culture I didn't get to see, like step out of the airport I feel like that doesn't count in principle I mean the only reason I would say it doesn't count is it's and it's like just really nitpicky is I feel like Turkey is Asia Minor <laughs> it's not like Asia Asia you know it's more Eastern Europe than it is <laughs> Then it okay, is. I'll, I'll actually give you like a super fun fact. Um, Istanbul is the only country in the world or the only city in the world that has um, part of it in Asia, part of it in Europe. 
That's nice. interesting. Very cool. Well, another win is that it's incredible weather in New York. It's been like 80 degrees. So I'm not sure it's like that in Germany. Hopefully, uh, hopefully you get some of it. But anyways, I think that's a good place to wrap. Anything else? Yeah. No, I think that's that's pretty good for me. Uh, what was the first thing we talked about? I didn't write it down. Um, career patience or something like okay, that. Okay, career patience. <laughs> Hey guys, thanks for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed. Please do like, subscribe, tap the bell for notifications. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, we really appreciate that review and that rating. And we'll see you next time on the Deliberate Zoomer Podcast. <laughs>